It's another Monday, which means another episode coming at you from the Subi and You podcast. I hope everybody had a great weekend. For those of you that were able to make it out to Overland Expo West, I hope you all had a great time and saw some cool stuff. I did see some of the videos um, and pictures on Instagram, but not a whole lot of it. But it looks like what I did see, people had a great time. So that's pretty cool that that was happening. Uh, I hope that I can make it out there next year because I would love to do that and see all of the cool Overland stuff and see some of you there. Before we get into this episode, I want to say thank you all so much for showing up every week and for listening to the podcast. And thank you to my patrons who help support the podcast and my sponsors, of course. If you would like to become a patron and help support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Subi and you podcast all spelled out. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And come join this awesome little community within the community that we have and get some perks for being a patron, like getting to hear the bonus questions that I ask of some of my guests and then also getting in on which guests will be coming up and getting a chance to ask questions of my guests. So go check that out. As you can see by the title, I have Hellhound Foz on this episode of the Subi and You podcast. She goes by Audrey in the person version of her. So we will get into the conversation with her in a little bit. Uh, She's one of my younger guests that I've had on here. So that was pretty cool. It's nice to have a wide array of different guests from different age groups and different parts of the country. So yeah, it's, it's really cool just to get that diversity here on the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Melee Design Firm. They are your battery and battery mount specialists. Whether you're into rally or off-roading or maybe just everyday use, you can take advantage of their battery mount and also get one of their anti-gravity batteries that they sell to go along with your battery mount. In addition to that, they sell their engine bay caps, but also they sell anti-gravity micro-start Um, These are lithium-ion jump starters, personal power supplies for your car. I'm going to be getting one of these soon because the other day I walked out to my car to take my son to school and I went to go open, unlock my car, and I went to go unlock both doors. You know, you push the unlock twice to open all the doors. It only did the driver's side door because after that my battery was pretty much gone. I realized that somehow I switched on my ditch lights before I got out of my car and my battery was dead. So I'm going to be getting one of these little micro start sport lithium ion batteries from anti-gravity that I will get through MeleeDesignFirm.com so that in the event that I accidentally turn on my ditch lights then or something else, my battery just dies for some other reason, I'll have a way to get it started. So go check out MeleeDesignFirm.com and get your hands on a battery mount, battery, or one of these micro start and personal power supplies. Thank you so much, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. Subi and You podcast is also brought to you by SubaruGear.com. Get all of your official Subaru merchandise at the SubaruGear.com store. 
As much as you love Subaru and Subaru Motorsports USA, why not let your pet show off love for it too? You gotta see these Subaru Motorsports USA large pet bandanas. Your furry friend is sure to be the hit of any race day. Have your pet wear this bandana and coordinate with your race day gear. Show everyone that you exude all that is Subaru Motorsports USA. And that's a perfect time with all of these races going on right now with Subaru Motorsports USA. So be sure to use code SUBYNU, all spelled out, at checkout to get free shipping when you go to SubaruGear.com to purchase your bandana or other Subaru or Subaru Motorsports USA merchandise. The SUBYNU podcast is also brought to you by Rika VS. If you were able to make it out to Overland Expo, hopefully you had a chance to make it out to their booth and say hi and check out their wheels. They've got some pretty awesome wheels like the Tetons that I have on Pearl. They are uh, pretty awesome. If you want to get a set of your wheels, you can use the code SUBYU10 to get 10% off a set of wheels or a lift kit for your rig. Rika is committed to providing you with the highest quality specialized wheels and lift kits that will allow you to travel further, experience new adventures, and discover extraordinary destinations. Rika wants to make sure that you are ready for anything wherever adventure takes you. Rika's flow form process creates both lightweight and durable wheels, which are of the highest quality and are built to satisfy the requirements of all of you overland enthusiasts. Rika's lift kits raise your Subaru to protect the vehicle's underbody from damage while off-roading. The lift kits were also designed to increase the vehicle ride height in order to accommodate larger tires while maintaining the factory ride quality and alignment. The quest for adventure begins with you, and Rika is what gets you there. If you didn't check it out on Friday, I released a bonus episode with Patrick from Orbis Overlanding to talk about being in business for one year, celebrating his one year anniversary. So we got into a conversation about what he has experienced over the past year, some of the challenges and rewards, and then also thanking all of y'all for supporting his business and talking about some upcoming events that he has going on. So go check that out as well as this episode, of course. And before we get into this conversation with Audrey, I've got a couple of shout outs. We've got Snoop Dogg STI, that's S-N-P-D-O-G, and then Rally Girl, that's R-A-L-Y-G-R-L. Thank you so much for checking out the Subi and You podcast and giving it a listen. Again, thank you everybody for showing up every week. I really, really appreciate the support. The podcast is now at over 43,000 downloads, which is just crazy because it's going to get to 50,000 pretty soon. And the next thing you know, it's going to be at 100,000 and just going to keep going. But those numbers exist because of all of you for listening and sharing. So I really, really appreciate all of your support in helping this podcast grow and to get out there in the world. I also will be having another international guest coming up soon. Not going to say where, so you'll just have to wait and see. But let's go ahead and get into this conversation with Audrey, a.k.a. Hellhound Foz, and hear what all she has to say.
Well, welcome to the yeah. podcast. Welcome to the Sue B and You podcast. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, um, my name is Audrey. I am 20 years old. I'm a neuroscience major at UNR and at which is University of Nevada Reno. Oh, nice, cool. Now, are you from there? Um, I'm originally from Vegas, and I decided to move up to Reno because uh, it's a little a little hot in Vegas, so needed some <laughs> cool air. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so I know with being a student, that's got to be challenging with trying to balance that and having your car and being able to get out and stuff. So how do you kind of manage all of that? Or do you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a real question. Do you? Um, I'm kind of a chronic overbooker, but the nice thing about having a Subaru is it just really allows me to, um, you know, alleviate some of that stress that goes along with managing college, managing personal life, managing whatever, just being out alone in the wilderness. It is, you know, something that money can't buy. So it, it does really genuinely help. It's more of a stress reliever versus a stress giver. Yeah, kind of like an escape vehicle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Bug out. Yeah, no, that's good. It's good to have that. Um, so is this your first Subaru? Yes, this is my first Subaru, but it is not my first car. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. When you when you first bought this one, did you have any plans on modding it? Or did you know about like the whole modding scene? Um, no, I did not. I had no idea that you could even modify a Subaru. That just blew my mind. And then I um moved up to Reno, moved into my dorm, and I saw Nevada underscore XV's cross track sitting in the garage. And I saw his <laughs> Instagram tag and I was like, what is this thing? And I looked at his Instagram and I was like, holy crap, I had no idea you could do this to a Subaru. It's crazy. So that's where it all started, huh? Absolutely. That is where it all started. Jackson has been a really good friend of mine for a few years now. That's good. Yeah. So was he like, I guess he was the original inspiration for you to do something. And how long from when you saw that his, when was, when did you first start doing some mods? So I got the car in 2019 and then I graduated and moved up to Reno and I kept it for a full year stock and on its, on its one year birthday in my position, then I started throwing some stickers on it, throwing some skid plates, lifts, whatever. And that, that's, that's where it went all downhill. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of never ending after that. Never ending project car, but it's fun. It's worth it. Something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. So I guess the, the stickers and decals were your first um, kind of like quote unquote mods. Yes. So um, I believe it was just from Subi Stickers, I think is the name of the company that I got the emblem stickers from. Super cool. Carbon fiber background with the red um, Subaru stars um, front, back and on the steering wheel. It looked great. And I was hooked. <laughs> yeah. So what was your first like kind of addition to your car outside of decals so technically my first addition was a hitch that's technically the first one which it, i've towed stuff around in that car believe it or not and it's actually pretty good at doing um some moderate towing yeah i imagine it would be what kind of stuff were you towing so i just had a little um open trailer and i would throw a quad you know like a four by four i think that people call them four wheelers and a dirt bike and I would tow them around and go mess around in the desert with my brother. And it, it, you wouldn't even notice anything's back there. It's actually impressive. I think it's got like a 3000 pound tow capacity or something along those lines. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's those are some good things to tow then get you out there into uh, nature even more. Absolutely. Desert is really cool. You will never see the same trail twice out in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been out there, but I'd like to go. I mean, there's a lot of places I want to make it out to, but everything is so far from me being in Houston. It's like going east or west or north. It's just like I have to travel so far to get to anything really cool and fun. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I'm close to California, so I go mess around in there a little bit. But um, trying to go to Arizona in a few weeks here and mess around in there because I've never been. Yeah, Arizona is beautiful. I've been there. I've been to Sedona. I've been to Flagstaff. And are, So are you going to go to um, the uh, uh, Overland Expo West? I would love to, but I am a chronic overbooker and I definitely <laughs> did overbook myself again this summer. So we'll see if I have a little spare moment, I, I'll, I'd be down there in a heartbeat because it, it looks like it's got some good stuff. Yeah. Cause that's this weekend. Oh, t- this yeah. weekend? Definitely not. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, no, it's uh, May 21st and 22nd or something like that. Um, but yeah. Cause I know some of the other software nation people are going, I know it's in Flagstaff. Yeah. Flagstaff is um, one of those things that I've heard great things about, but I just have not gotten the funds or the time to go check it out. So uh, bucket list. Yeah. So I think there's, I can't remember if it's, I think it's called end of the world. There's this trail and you can go, um, it's kind of near Flagstaff, but when you're driving, you get to this spot and it basically just drops off and it overlooks Sedona and it's really, really cool. Because when we went, we went to um, Flagstaff uh, several summers ago, me and my kids, and I had friends that lived there. And so they took us out there because he had a 96 Toyota Land Cruiser and he mm-hmm. took us out to end of the world. And that was really, really cool seeing that. But then Sedona is really cool, too. I think I've seen pictures of that spot that you're talking about. New, new bucket list item. I don't know. It, I don't know what it was called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's a good, good spot to get to. So being that this wasn't your first car, but it's your first Subaru, what what was it that made you decide to get a Subaru and get out of your other car? <laughs> so I have not had the best of luck with my previous cars, which is very unfortunate. Um, I had a 2002 Toyota Camry. That was my first car. It was a hand-me-down for my grandparents, little 16-year-old me. I was so excited about it. That thing was fast. Um, <laughs> had it for a month was sitting at a red light on my way to my junior year lacrosse photos. Bam. Somebody slams into me. No brakes, no nothing. Totals my adorable little Camry. It was a, it was a Volkswagen Jetta. I will never forget. I see them and I get flashbacks. Yeah. So that was the very first car. And then I got off of that insurance money from being rear ended a red light. Um, a 2012 Ford Escape. I love that thing. It was black. People would slow down next to me. Cause they were like, Oh, is that a cop? What is that thing? Um, <laughs> police grade bull bar on it and a light bar. And, um, it was only two wheel drive. So I got that thing stuck a lot, but I love that thing. Then, um, right before I was about to graduate, I was on a six lane road, completely alone, only car on the road. And somebody decided to make a six lane U-turn and slam into me again. So this is my third car. Um, unfortunately, and the only reason, um, Foresters or Subarus were even brought up to me is because my dad was like, you know what, Audrey, I'm not going to buy you another car unless you get a Forester. Because he was like, oh, this is a safe bet. She's not going to want a Forester. Then I saw those new 2019 um, sports with the red trim. And I was like, 
I'll get a Forester. And he's like, sure. And then that was, that's what I got now. And it, it hasn't been totaled. So that's nice. Knock on wood. Yeah, definitely. No, that's, uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. She won't want one of those and <laughs> jokes on you. Yeah. The new, the fifth generation, man, they just have a look to them. I just absolutely love them. And where'd you come up with the name Hellhound Foz? So I'm a big old um, Greek mythology nerd, and I just thought it was absolutely hilarious when I was making my Instagram um, handle because it's, you know, it's kind of a mom car starting off. So it's this unassuming SUV, and I was like, oh, I'm going to give it this badass name, Hellhound Foz, because it's uh, black and red. So, you know, Cerberus, big black dog of the underworld with red eyes. Oh, this is hilarious. It's black and red. Now I look at that thing. I wish I called it Frankenforester. It does not look like a Forester at all anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks good too. I like what you've done with it. Um, and I guess that you you probably, since you didn't know about the mods and everything, you probably also didn't know about the Subaru community, correct? Absolutely had no idea. The only thing that got me put on to that Subaru community is, uh, yeah, Jackson. So Nevada XV. You know, I reached out to him and I was like, you know, your car's crazy. Like, what do you do with it? And he kind of introduced me to his little group that was at the time. Most of them by now have moved away because this was about three years ago, which is really sad. I'm keeping contact with a lot of them. But he introduced me to uh, people like Rob. I believe his Instagram is like Amped86 or something. I have it written down. I need to bring it up. Yeah. Amped88. So AM. P-E-D-88, and he has this crazy Outback, legacy Outback. It's four-inch lifted. It's got a Jeep Wrangler bumper on it. It's got a winch. It's crazy looking. It's awesome. And then introduced me to Pat, who has a um, a Ford and a Forester, and then Gil, and he used to have an Instagram, but he doesn't anymore. But he uh, was actually going to the grad school for, I think, like bioengineering or something crazy, and um, we would go off-roading a lot. So it was really cool. So I had no idea this community existed, reached out to Jackson, was like, Hey, you know, want to go off-road with this thing? I had started lifting it, putting skid plates. Cause I wanted to go off-roading with him. And he was like, yeah, sure. Let me show you my friends. And then it's history from there. I've met so many people I would have never, ever met if it were not for the Subi community. <laughs> yeah. And when you, so did you not go off-road at all until you got skid plates and a lift or did you do any before that? So I definitely put my car in situations it should not have been in without <laughs> modifications, but um, gives you a little more confidence to be a little more ballsy when you've got, you know, skid plates and a lift. Um, going off-roading on small gravel with stock tires, you know, can be, it, it's fun, it's whatever, but once you get those beefier tires and the skid plate and the lift, it just, it opens up a whole new world. It's super cool. Yeah, because it definitely gives you the confidence and you're not as timid, probably, in a way, you know. You can be a little bit, uh, you know, take a little bit more chances. Because um, I know I've hit, the last time I went out, I went to a bash drop here in Texas, which is like an hour and a half away from me. And I hit my skid plates at least three times out there and pretty decent. <laughs> so, yeah, they're definitely, definitely come in handy and definitely needed. Oh, yeah, the skid plate is great, you know. What, what do you want? A $20,000 oil pan replace with how the dealerships rip you off? Or do you want a $400 skid plate? I'm going to take the skid plate. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with all of your mods, like what would you say is your favorite? 
So aesthetically, my favorite is probably got to be, you know, the full force metalworks bumpers, because that really, uh, you know, when you're driving down the street, people will whip their heads around and be like, oh, God, what is that thing? What? Why does it look like that? It's not a forerunner. What is that thing? And, uh, you know, those bumpers, they they really kind of do set the car apart from a lot of other different SK builds. And, um, yeah, I do really like those. But I haven't bashed them up on any rocks yet, so they're not all that practical yet. They're more aesthetic because I haven't uh, put them really to the test. I don't really want to scratch up my powder coat too bad. But, you know, functionally, the lift and the skid plates take the cake. They are phenomenal. Yeah. And so, I mean... Is the uh, is the rear bumper? I mean, is it just what is the purpose of those two like little gates that open up? Is that mainly for aesthetics, or what? What purpose do they serve? So the gates are actually practical. Um, I've got my rear tire, full size rear tire, mounted on one of the gates, the right hand gate, and then the other gate I plan to mount some Max Tracks and Rotopacks onto that. And there's a really nice mount by C4. Um, fabrication that I'm looking at for that. And um, on the inside, I have a one gallon Rotopax mounted that I've had to use to save some stranded friends once in a while and a Yeti bottle opener. That's what I got on the inside. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's cool. Cause like just looking at it when it's folded up, it's um, and then I was looking at some of your older pictures, but now I see you've got the tire on, on there. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the tire being on there is great because I was able to um, utilize all that spare tire room that was um, under in the boot because it's, you know, spare tire donut, which won't get you out of much if you're running the tires that I'm running and then foam, just a bunch of foam. So now with all that space opened up, I was able to fabricate a uh, wood kind of drawer system. It doesn't slide out like a lot of the overlanders you see because I like having headroom when I sleep in my car. Yeah. But, uh, opens up and there's tons of room back there. So it's been super useful. So what, um, where did, did, so did you not have a full size spare tire before you had it mounted on there? You just had the donut for a while. So I had the donut and I had, um, I had the spare before the bumpers and I'd throw it in the back every once in a while, but I use my car a lot. So for hauling wood, for projects for lacrosse sticks for whatever so i wouldn't have the spare tire in there a lot i just have the donut down in the bottom and i imagine that the donut could limp me out but it would be it would be fun so you just kind of had to hope that nothing would happen when you didn't have it thrown in the back yes correct um it's okay so with all so what a can you kind of like go down a list of your just like major mods from top to bottom Ooh, let's see. Let me think about that. So started off with the two inch ready lift, just cheap block spacer lift, what I'm running right now. Going to upgrade that eventually. <laughs> um, then I got the primitive racing skid plates. I have the front, mid and rear skid plates. Those nice. were a must. They're fantastic. Um, then I've got some Baja design ditch lights and I use the LP adventure brackets to mount those up. Um, then I did a little eBay shopping and got some hydraulic hood struts. So got rid of the little stick. I hate that stick. The hydraulics are, that's a really good mod. I would recommend it. 50 bucks. Oh, nice. 
yeah, so um, that one was a little fun. It had to be a little clever because originally those hood strut mounts are supposed to mount to the um, main bolts that are running through, but I had used the length of those bolts for the ditch light bracket. So I had to wire a bolt through a different hole in the hood and kind of MacGyver the hood struts, but it works. They, they work great. And then after that, got the spider roof rack. That thing was great. And the Cali raised, I think it's a 43 inch light bar. That thing is also cool. It's uh, got separately working ambers and the central light bar. So it works super well. Yeah, um, I saw that. It looks really nice. Yeah, I did have to uh, cut a little bit of the edges off of the um, wind fairing for the spider roof rack to make it fit, but it it fits perfect. So that's good. And then um, let's see, I've got obviously the bumpers for full force metalworks. Got the pinstripes, well, not pinstripes, racing stripes, which I was actually one of the. Um, first few who had the raisin stripes. I got them from a uh, decal shop in my area. And then uh, I sent Trek designs as we all know and love. Um, she, she looked at those and she was like, Oh, those are really cool. And she's like, do you mind if I try to sell these? And I was like, go for it. I was like, no, nobody's going to do this to their car. It already looks crazy on mine. And <laughs> wouldn't you know it? A lot of people <laughs> are running those stripes now, which I think it's, I think it's real funny. Cause it's, you know, it's kind of a dodge thing. And I was just like, haha, I'm going to do it. I don't know. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her saying that you were kind of the inspiration for that. And now she's, there, there's a lot of cars out there with them. You're right. Yeah. I see it on all kinds of cars now. It's, it's picked up some popularity, which I think is really funny. She's like, Oh, you want to know my little secret? I, I inspired the race stripes and all the stoopies. They're like, you're lying. You're lying. I'm like, oh, go, go look. <laughs> go look at my dates. Um, yep. Yeah. I love that. I love that everybody is running those now. I do think that it helps because Subaru's kind of got like a long nose. So I think it helps break it up a little bit. But um, let's see what else. Um, I've got a few other Ascent Truck decals. I've got my Instagram handle on there. I've got just Hellhound Falls on the back. Um, I've got a sent direct designed some, well, I designed and she, um, made some soft road nation Nevada stickers that are on the back, um, spare tire. I've got the method wheels and the Falcon 245, 65 tires. They're beefy, uh, 83s would recommend. They are really nice, really quiet too. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. And, and it's nice because, you know, unspring weight with these CVTs is absolutely killer. So going with the lighter setup with the methods and the Falcons has been great because it really preserves those CVTs. I'm trying to think of what else. Um, I made my own uh, back setup with the wood that opens up. You can go see those on my story. Just basically a little division section for storage. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else major. Oh, the Rome cases. I just put those on. Rome cases, Rome awning. They're great. They fit more than you think they would fit for being so slim. Yeah. Yeah, they look nice. Those are my big mods. Nice. So with all of your your big mods, if you had to get rid of all of them but one, which one would you keep? Um, I would probably keep the skid plates. Because even if you're not off-roading it, which you probably shouldn't off-road it if you ha don't have some kind of protection, that would be the wise financial decision. But the skid plates are great because if there's 
obstacles on the road, even, you know, it's an extra peace of mind. If there's a boulder that you didn't see in the middle of the night, or if something gets flicked up, uh, it's, it's just really good protection because those little plastic splash guards, you know, they, they can't stop everything. So skid plates for sure would be my keeper. Yeah. Because then even, even if you had to go back to stock wheels and tires and no lift, you can still go off roading. And if you're getting into some sketchy situations, the uh, skid plates will definitely save you. Yeah. Yep. It's they're worth the money. They're worth the money versus the repairs. Yeah. Um, what would you say has been your most useful mod? And it may be the same thing. <laughs> skid plates. Yes. And uh, lift because there are just some things that you just cannot get over without that lift. The bumper cut helps obviously helps the uh, angle of approach and departure, but the, um, the lift just those, just those two inches, they, they work wonders. So go on a lot of things that you would have no reason being on without a lift. So it, it, that's a great mod as well. Yeah. And uh, being out there and going off road and stuff, what are some of the cool places that you've been able to explore? Ooh, that's a good one. My favorite places that I've been to are Moon Rocks, Nevada. So it's an off road park that it's, it's worth just going to, to just see the rigs that people bring out there. Just torn up um jeeps and just you're like what is that thing it's just all frame it's got 40 inch wheels they're climbing up the side of a cliff and you're like this is craziness so it's it's worth it just to see the cars but there are never-ending trails out there like you will never be bored out there and there's wild horses there's tortoises there's all kinds of wildlife and and flowers and joshua trees and everything it's it's really super cool but um, Moon Rocks, Nevada is great. And Gerlock, Nevada is up in eastern Nevada. That's Black Rock Desert where Burning Man takes place. That is a really cool place. There's geysers, there's hot springs, there's giant 40 mile long playa where they do Burning Man on that um, dry lake bed. Super cool. And then Mount Hood in Oregon, super great place. Nice. Yeah, that sounds fun. I mean, you're very fortunate to have a lot of that stuff because it's probably not too far or too long to get to those, is it? So Moon Rocks is about 50 minute drive. It's not bad at all. Um, Gerlock, an hour and a half, two hours, not bad. And then obviously uh, Oregon is nine hour drive. So (laughs) from Reno, but um, that was more of a, oh, I'm down here for the bumpers. Might as well check out the area. And uh, yeah, Nevada's got really cool stuff in any part of Nevada, to be honest. There's there's some kind of historical um, monument you can go check out. There's some kind of ghost town. There's some kind of natural, naturally occurring rock formation. You, you'll never get bored of Nevada. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, there are there are places in Texas that I could go explore, but Texas is so big and everything is so far away, even just in Texas. It's, uh, it would take like, I'd have to have a few days just to like get out to somewhere, but I do want to do that more often. And I may do some of that this summer because I'm trying to figure out like what I want to do for a vacation this summer. I was thinking about doing one long one, but I think I might do like two or three like long weekends or something. So be fun to go explore more. Yeah. Yeah. Texas is cool. It's bucket list for sure. I've never even flown to texas i really do want to check it out i've heard they've got some great grad schools there (laughs) (laughs) yeah come check it out 
Um, so is there like a, like an ultimate bucket list place that you'd want to go to? Cause you kind of mentioned bucket list places, but is there like an ultimate that you like, if I could go there and money time, you know, didn't matter, where would it be? So what I've heard fantastic things about is lost coast trail, California, just untouched wilderness, beautiful, well-preserved black sand beaches. I would love to do that trail. But, you know, I think the the biggest thing that's pushing me away from it is once I get into California, I don't know how I'm going to afford the gas to get up to the Lost Coast. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that seems to be a pretty big uh, obstacle lately. Yeah. Yeah. Nevada's not much better. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, even in Texas, it's not it's not cheap. So it's <laughs> I think it's high everywhere. Yeah, hopefully that will go down soon. I mean, it was starting to go down, and then now it went back up. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunate. But uh, yeah, that's that's one of the big things inhibiting me from a lot of the travel that I had been doing is just, you know, um, my primary source of income is refing lacrosse. And you can see how that would be seasonal because <laughs> there is only one lacrosse season and uh, got to make that last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I drove up to my girlfriend's house this past weekend. She lives in Dallas and it's, I don't know what the distance is, but it's like a four and a half hour drive. And I was at a quarter, maybe no, I was less than a quarter of a tank, but coming home when I filled up, it was, I guess it was getting close to empty, but it was like 58 bucks to fill up, which I know it's probably not too bad compared to, you know, what some other people have to pay, but that's more than I'm used to paying. Oh, yeah. When I went to Oregon, when gas prices were starting to climb, um, there was towns that were like $3 a gallon and they pump your gas for you. And I'm like, oh, man, what am I doing in Nevada? I need to move to Oregon. It's it's really posh. They pump your gas. It's $3 a gallon. It's great. I have no idea how much it is up there now, but in uh, Reno, at least, it's a little over $5 a gallon. And I know that anywhere bordering us in California is over $6 a gallon. So. Yeah, that's insane cuz when I filled up it was 3.98, so to hear that it's like over $5 and $6 at places that's just crazy. Yes, it it you know, it, it adds up, especially when uh you drive as much as I do. But yeah, and I drive a lot too. I'm at I think I'm almost at 50,000 miles and I haven't even had my car for 2 years. Wow, look at you. That's crazy. Yeah, you got me beat. I think I'm about to hit 58 miles or 58,000 miles, but I've had mine for 3. Yeah. Well, going up to uh, Dallas often because my girlfriend lives up there, that's been putting a lot of miles on my car. But I've also driven out to Arkansas to visit my daughter up at school. I think I've driven up there three times. And then I went out to Colorado once. So Where does she go in Arkansas? She's going to a school called Harding University. And she just finished up her senior year, but she's going to take a couple of summer classes and then do student teaching next semester. And then she'll be done. That's really cool. I was looking at uh, Hendrix near Little Rock, Arkansas. I was looking at that college. It's got a really nice campus. Yeah, yeah. Where she's going, it's really pretty. And it's a small school. It's a Christian school. And I think there's like maybe, I don't even remember how many students, but there's not a lot. And it's a cute little town. Um, There's also not a whole lot there either. So there's like, you know, challenges with that. You don't have a whole lot of restaurants. You don't have a whole lot of really, I mean, they've got a Walmart. They used to have a Kroger, but they shut the Kroger down, which sucks because they had a lot of good stuff there. But so, 
There's, there are challenges. Study more. It does make you <laughs> more inclined to spend your time studying. That's what I've learned going from Vegas to Reno is in Vegas. Oh, I'd, I'd be doing something every night, but in Reno there's a little less to do. So I'm more inclined to pay attention to school. Yeah, that's good. Um, so what has surprised you most about your forester's capabilities? Um, so just the flat four engine, the boxer engine, it has a fantastically low center of gravity. So you you can go on trails where, uh, you know, the bigger V6, V8 engines that are quite top heavy and some of the traditional overlanders, it'd be a little sketchy for them, but um, you know, the Subaru's engine just sets you up for success. It's a light vehicle, so it's easy to get traction. The um, X mode and the um, all-wheel drive system are fantastic for just keeping traction in general. And then the center of gravity is really good. So I have not gotten legitimately stuck yet. I got stupid stuck because it was not my car's fault. It was my fault for not yeah. knowing what my car was doing, but I've not gotten legitimately stuck. So it's a super capable, capable vehicle. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. I mean, the, the all wheel drive capabilities are really, really nice. And it's cool when you are in situations where you can feel it going to work, you know, putting traction at wheels where they have grip and, you know, you get like the, the other wheels, you can feel them like kind of going and stopping. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's fun. Cause I mean, I haven't been, on too many situations where I've had to really utilize it, but I have a few times, like when I was out in Colorado and then in Bastrop um, recently, but I usually just mostly do street driving. I have, I don't get a chance to get out to trails too much, but I have felt it go to work and it's really cool. If you want a real ego boost, go onto YouTube and look up all wheel drive system comparisons between different car brands. And um, I don't think I've seen a single video where a Forester has not won or a Subaru's all-wheel drive system has not beat out the competition because it is just stock fantastic. Uh, Porsche comes pretty close, actually. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That sounds interesting. It's super, it's super good ego boost. It makes your head big. <laughs> uh, what essential gear do you usually take out when you get the trails? So big ones for me that I have never had to use the Mac tracks yet, but I do bring them out since I have um, purchased them. They are a good peace of mind. If you get stuck in anything sandy, muddy or snowy, you know, you have that extra little something that you can try to get yourself out. Max tracks. Um, I like to bring my big old craftsman Jack because you know, the Jack they provide the scissor jacks. I'm sure it would be fine, but I have seen a really, really old Outback uh, crumple a scissor jack. So I just like to bring my own bigger jack. Um, lighter, matches, flashlight, radios, basic um, survival stuff. Um, I, I always bring some cooking stuff just because I have room in the back now with the spare tire out. Um, yeah, those are the basics. Just anything recovery-wise. I'm planning on getting a winch in the near future. So that will be another really great recovery tool. Yeah, yeah. And you've got those nice bumpers on there, so that'll definitely help. Yeah, if you uh, know that you won't damage your car, you will be a little more confident at unstucking yourself. <laughs> yeah, and do you keep a lot, a lot of that stuff up in your um, Rome cases? So in the Rome cases, I keep most of my camping and cooking stuff. And then okay. in the back, I keep most of my recovery stuff. 
So I also have, which I haven't had a chance to use these out yet, but um, kinetic ropes. And I think they're from Dead Man Off-Rose, something along those lines. And there's some real heavy kinetic ropes so that if I come along big old diesel truck stuck in the mud, I, I obviously can't tow a diesel truck out of the mud, but with kinetic spongy ropes, you can yank one out of the mud without injuring either of your cars. So Hopefully I won't have to use that, but uh, I do have those and I think that they are going to be essential one day. Yeah, that'd be nice to have. Um, and then what? Uh, what's your favorite type of terrain to drive through? Because, you know, there's sand, there's snow, mud, or just trails. What would you say is your favorite? So I know this is going to kind of sound like a little bit of a cop out, but when I was on, when I go up to Black Rock and I go on that playa and it is just flatter than asphalt you can rip 90 miles across it no problem there's no other cars around that is a really good feeling it is a really good feeling so i would say just straight open flats lake bed the playa down in black rock if you haven't ripped across it it's worth making the trip it's it's really cool that is not a cop out at all that sounds (laughs) that sounds like a lot of fun i mean I like I said I haven't been out to a whole lot of places but I think I really like mud when I'm able to find some but there's not a whole lot of mud around here that I can like really have some fun in but I also liked the trails in Colorado because it was just dirt roads with like some little hills you know going up and down that gave a little bit of a challenge because there was some you know wheel slippage depending on which ones you were going up and that was a lot of fun but so it's between mud and and just trails for me, but, and I haven't driven through snow. So, I mean, I've driven. So when we had our freeze here, I went out and got out on it, but you know, it was like, it was very, very light snow. It wasn't like the powder that you see out on trails. And then there was ice under it. And I just had the stock wheels. I didn't, I didn't have my car for very long either, but I did have a lot of fun on that. Yeah. Yeah. I I have done some snow and uh, I don't think it's a very good, portrayal of what it's like driving through snow because uh, the story goes like this. There's some snow. There's a bunch of overconfident Subaru drivers driving in a line and the guy in the front, Pat, rams his Forester into the snow, gets stuck. I tow him out. Rams it again. We tow him out. So he just rams it through the snow banks until there's a trail through the snow banks that everybody can go through. And then we go and go and go. And then there's the next patch of snow rams it, toes them out, rams it, toes them out. So that's my experience with snow. And that took the whole day. That took a good eight hours. Just (laughs) ram snow banks. Yeah. You got your, your front Ram vehicle to get everybody through. Oh yeah. Now I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So I had trying to go through my questions, but one of them was, when did you first meet up with other people? But you already answered. See, so this is where like some of the questions get answered. Because I don't know, you know, how they're going to get played out and stuff. But um, so if you had an opportunity to meet up with three people in the community that you haven't met yet, but you would like to like go hang out with them or hit some trails, who would it be? So uh, Overlanding RT, John, the now um, leading Soft Road Nation officer, I have not met him in person yet. I've had a few opportunities, but we just keep missing each other. And I would really love to just meet him because he's just been a real good friend. And uh, he's a great guy. He's got a really cool build. I love the van business he's starting. His van builds look so clean. They look phenomenal. I cannot wait to have enough money to buy a van from him. Can't wait. Nice. Um, so 
would love to meet him. I know I'm going to. Um, other person, SK underscore Foz, uh, Matthew, I believe his name is. He's had a YouTube channel for a long time for his SK that I've watched. And he has saved my butt with his free public 3D print design for a louver delete that happens when you do a bumper delete. So there's a little air louver that if you remove it, your car throws all kinds of check engine codes. And if you're a Subaru owner, you know, check engine codes equal no eyesight. So you can't have that. Yeah. But he fabricated or he made the design for a little 3D printed delete and it works spectacularly clear, clear the engine code. So I would love to meet him because he just seems like a really great engineering mind. And then uh four running mutts, coolest, coolest uh, forerunner I've ever seen. That thing is just a monster. So I would love to meet those guys. I'm sorry. It can't be a forerunner. It has to be Subarus only. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and then how did you, how did you first get connected with soft road nation? Because uh, for those who may not know, you were kind of the um, person to go to for Soft Road Nation Nevada. Yes. Um, so I connected with Chris, SK9 Forrester Whitaker, and we camped together for a few days with a bunch of other people. And that was when Soft Road Nation was in its baby, baby phase, like just becoming an account, a few hundred followers. I was like, wow, this is really cool. There are so many people here that I'm so happy I met. I mean, it was a little weird for the first time meeting a bunch of people driving in from Utah, California, and I'm just a little teenage girl at the time, like, hey guys, what's up? I'm going to camp with you for three days. Yeah. But it was a great trip. It was a great trip. And, um, Fun story about that trip. I had the, I, I still have the, um, what is it? The ready lift two inch lift kit. And Chris was running it at that time as well. And he, a few weeks beforehand had broken a bracket and I was really judging him. I was like, man, you have to really be hammering your car to break that bracket for this lift kit. Like it's pretty sturdy. And on this trip where I'm razzing him, I'm like, yeah, okay, Chris, like what, what'd you do to break this bracket? I hear, on the very last trip, on the way out to the freeway, I hear some tinging and I stop the car and I look over and I'm like, you're kidding me. And I broke the same bracket. And I was like, well, that's, that's what I get. That's what I get for making fun of Chris for breaking this bracket is I break the bracket on a gravel road. Yeah. So that's how it that, happens. That's, that is how it happens. You jinx yourself. <laughs> so yeah, that was the first time that I had connected with, um, Chris from software nation. And, um, yeah, he's, he was a great guy. I'm really going to miss him. But uh, I just really wanted to be a part of what they were building. It was great. Yeah. So then how did you go about getting into being like a Soft Road Nation um, Nevada lead? So at the time, there was no other extra chapters. And, you know, it was COVID, Zoom University. So I had a ton of free time. I wasn't doing any of the things that I usually do. Wasn't I didn't have to pay that much attention in class because, you know, you pass everything with your eyes closed when it's over Zoom. And um, I didn't have lacrosse. So I was like, you know what? I want to be the leader of this, uh, of a chapter for software nation. And he's like, you know, we were actually thinking about making chapters and expanding a little bit from the central page. I would love for you and I forget who ran it with me at the time, but another guy who came up trip to start a software Nevada page. And I was like, I'm all in. So it, it immediately got a lot of love and appreciation. 
that we were branching out a little bit. And I think it did open the doors for a lot of different chapters to be made in more populous states than Nevada. Yeah. And so you approached them then, right, to do it? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's because of you, once again, (laughs) that something got started because when they were talking about doing a new chapter, that was when I decided to start doing a new segment because they were starting a new chapter. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of cool. That would be cool to like announce that in like a community news segment because I was talking to Chris through um, Instagram and we were trying to come up with what we could call it. And I think he originally said something like this week in the community or something like that. And so it was going to be originally just kind of like making announcements for just small little things. But that you starting up um, Software Nation Nevada is how I started doing the news segments. That's pretty cool. Little Subi history. Yep. Yep. History lesson for everybody. Um, so what have been some of your favorite moments with Software Nation? So I ran a few trail runs. I had some people coming up to Moon Rocks. Um, so it became apparent to me that even people who live in Nevada don't really know how far away Reno and Vegas are. There, there's not a lot of Nevada. There's Vegas. Everybody knows Vegas. Uh, Three million people I live live there, I think. And then there's Reno. I think the population's around 600,000 people up in Reno. And there's not much else. So in between Reno and Vegas, it's about a seven-hour drive. And wow. my, my partner in the soft road Nevada chapter at the time was like, yeah, sure. I'll drive up after work, blah, blah, blah. He committed himself to what he did not know was a seven hour drive. Oh, wow. He drove up after work and we did the trail and then he like drove back in the middle of the night. He's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be doing that again and dropped off the face of the earth. And I was like, oh God, I scared him off. So uh, he drove up from Vegas and then some people drove down from California. So uh, Moon Rocks, of course, a classic. Moon Rocks is great. And then the other one, I ran a more successful trail run down in Vegas. Uh, Quite a few vehicles came of all sorts, Uh, Jeeps, Toyotas, Hondas. I think we had a Volkswagen there. Um, And that was really cool. Took them through Level Canyon. So for anybody who's near um, Southern Nevada, would highly recommend Level Canyon. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's a great trail connected to Trout Canyon. There's just a lot of really cool stuff back there and good campgrounds. So those trail runs were really cool. I, I did really enjoy those trail runs. Yeah, and it's really cool what Software Nation is doing, bringing all kinds of different builds together, because I know that there's like not a lot of love from some of the other communities towards Subarus, because they kind of look at us like, oh, you're, what are you doing here on the trails? Your, your vehicle is not going to be able to make it. And, you know, it seems like on the Subaru side, we're more accepting of other builds. Like we appreciate other builds. We like other builds, you know, even when they're not Subarus, but it doesn't always seem to go the other way. So it's really cool to see them bringing all different types of people and builds together and making a big community out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that it is great what they're doing. And I think that's been recently a trend in a lot of, you know, kind of anti-outsider groups right now. Off-roading and car people have kind of notoriously been snobby and know-it-all. And that's that stereotype is starting to end. There's more women joining the hobby. And even in something like uh, gym etiquette, there's been a recent movement of, you know, don't judge people at the gym. They're trying to better themselves. Don't be a jackass. You know, offer your advice, offer to be a spot, whatever. 
And I just really like the um, positive movement of some of those more, um, I don't want to say male dominated, but more male dominated hobbies. Um, it's been a really great change recently. And I, I do think that Safro Nation is playing a fantastic role in, uh, you know, de-ostracizing people from wanting to off-road. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I know I wrote this in there and you can talk about it if you want to about you stepping down. I mean, it just comes down to Nevada does not have as large of a population as other states. So it's really hard to get a community going here. It's, it's easy to convince people to come to Nevada from other states. Everybody wants to go, but it's hard to rally up a community in the state because of its small population. And the other thing is, uh, you know, I took on the role when I had lots of free time and now life is coming back. Responsibilities are catching up to me. And I'm like, oh, I, I really need to you know, do honor to Chris's memory and I need to do good to suffer nation's message. And I just need somebody who can commit their full time to take the position. And, uh, I don't want to half-ass something so important. So I just want to make sure that it's being tended to well. And, um, I, I cannot wait to see where it goes without me. And, you know, when, when, when somebody steps up and takes that position, I'll be there at those meets. I just cannot, be in charge of it. I'm in charge of too much. Yeah. And I know it's a lot of work to run the page and also, you know, run your life and you're in school. So there's just a lot of responsibilities that you have just in your everyday life to begin with. And then to have that on top of it, I know that's like a lot to do, but, um, and I know we were messaging about it and I know that you really love what Software Nation is doing and that you want to see them like really succeed and continue to grow. And of course, you know, I know that you really admire John and what he's doing and he's, he's been doing a great job. And so I know that if you end up having a step down and you can get somebody else to come in that, you know, it'll be a good split and there won't be any hard feelings because, you know, it's, it's, they understand that people are going to be, that it's going to be a lot of work for somebody. And for somebody like you with ha who has a lot of stuff going on, it is really hard. And like you said, you don't want to half, you know, half-ass it and not do a good job. And, and I totally understand that. That's very admirable because you don't want to get into something and then, then you'd feel like you're letting people down if you can't give it your all. Yeah. And, you know, I'm young. I'm maturing and growing and learning what to do. And I am an extremely ambitious individual. So... Sometimes you got to know when you've taken on too much. And I just, again, do not want to do bad to Chris's memory. And just, I want to make sure that it's getting the attention it needs. It's a uh, Chris and John's love child and it, it deserves, you know, good management. So I'm excited to see how far soft road nation grows and I'm not going anywhere. I'm just uh, handing off my responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting back to your forester, what has been like your biggest lesson learned? Biggest lesson learned is reach out to people. Do not be embarrassed to learn from somebody. Um, I think that a lot of people can be really unsure about putting themselves out there and asking questions and making themselves look silly. And, you know, the worst thing that you can do is 
not learn and not grow as a person and be shy. You miss hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. So, you know, most of these people don't bite. <laughs> so go out there, learn something new about your car, ask questions. Oh, what tires are you running? Oh, what lift do you have? The only thing it can do is help. And the worst thing that can happen is for them to ghost you. So um, that's a big one for me is put yourself out there, learn what you can learn and grow. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I know that cause we were all there at one point, you know, just starting off, not having any mods. And I remember when I started reaching out to people, some of the people had really big accounts and I was really intimidated at first. And then you like send them a message to ask a question and then they answer back and it's like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. They're, they're responding and they're giving me some information. So, yeah, I mean, that's a really good point to just not be afraid to reach out to people, even if it is a big account, because you can be surprised by who will actually step up and help you. And you get that for, I mean, I would say it's like, at least 98 to 99% of the time, especially, you know, with the Overland community that you'll get somebody that will get back to you and help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Chris SK, SK nine Forrester Whitaker. He was um, one of those OG SK Forrester accounts. And I'm so glad I reached out to him because he had a lot of great advice and a lot of big ideas. And uh, you know, I would not have created the relationship that I did without with software nation without just putting myself out there and uh, not being afraid that I could potentially be rejected or be ghosted by one of these accounts that I idolized. So it can be scary, but putting yourself out there and opening up opportunities for yourself is fantastic. And this community really does allow people to have opportunities and to network in ways that they wouldn't have. So it's worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, because you can get a lot of really, really great information from people by just reaching out and asking. Don't make the mistake if somebody else has already made it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, if you were to meet somebody outside of the Subaru community and they asked you, like, what it's like owning a Subaru, uh, you know, I mean, what would you tell them, and like, what would you say to convince them that if they were considering buying a Subaru, like, what would you say to them? Oh man, there's a lot that I could say. I have had an overwhelmingly pleasant experience with my car. It's been super reliable. You know, I, it's been great for grocery getting, for adventuring, for off-roading. I don't worry about driving seven hours pretty much every other month. I don't worry about it because I know that my car is going to get me there. And I know that, you know, um, there are people that if something bad happens to my car, that they have the expertise, uh, maybe a cult like expertise about my car that I can reach out to. Um, it's just been a great experience. The community is great. Uh, the car, the vehicle is great. I, I love the Forester. Um, you know, the cross treks I've heard great things about. I don't think I've heard bad things about anything, but, uh, people battling with their WRXs to get more horsepower out of them. That's the only bad thing I've heard dang, why, why can't I make this thing make 500? Come on. It's so expensive. It's a rally car. You're supposed to off-road it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and how would you say that owning your Forester has changed your life? Um, I've met a lot of great people that I wouldn't have met. I've become a more adventuring, daring person. I've been able to make a connection with nature and, um, with people that I normally would not have been able to make a connection with. It changed my life in a lot of good ways. It's peace of mind. I know that it's going to protect me 
from potentially rear-ending somebody with its eyesight system. I know that if somebody T-bones me again, that there's uh, dead bolts in the doors that are going to prevent a crunch in. Um, my doorbell's just rang. Um, here, can we pause it for a second? Yeah, of course. Um, so have you ever like, cause I, I was thinking about this question. I've never asked it before and I haven't even really thought too much about it for myself, but, and it, it's kind of would probably be hard to answer in a way, but have you ever thought about where you would be or what you would be doing if you hadn't bought a Subaru? Man, I mean, there are just so many factors into that question. I have not thought about it myself. I mean, I have been so close to so many accidents that my Subaru has prevented, or maybe my knowledge that people like to crash into me have prevented. (laughs) I can almost say with certainty that the eyesight has prevented accidents for me. So I might be in a cast and have missed a lacrosse season if I hadn't had a Subaru or, um, you know, a lot of the friends I've made through the Subaru community and just through people, you know, who like to off-road. I don't think that I would have had some of the really amazing camping experiences and adventure experiences that I did and solidified some of the really good friends that I have that I want to invite to my wedding. I want them to be there for the rest of my life if I had not had a Subaru. I mean, it is just, I don't want to say that it's part of my identity because that's kind of corny, but it has sculpted a lot of major aspects of my identity. Just just a car, which is crazy to me. Um, just a car, just a really safe, reliable, badass car has opened up a lot of really cool experiences for me. I know. And it's, I mean, it seems like for most of the people that I've had on, that's, you know, you look back to it and it's like, I just bought a car, you know, but you, you buy into this community, you know, and a lot of people don't know about the community before they buy their car. I mean, I definitely didn't, you didn't, um, a lot of other people didn't, but with everything that you just said, you know, you're, you're still young. It's your first Subaru and, but you've had so much that's been brought into your life because of owning a Subaru, do you think that you will always own a Subaru? Man, that's, that's a hard one. I ideally would love to have a 12 car garage and all sorts of just crazy overlanding rigs. I I really like the way that the new uh, area 51 full size Broncos look the two doors, the four doors are sacrilegious, the two doors, obviously. (laughs) I really like those. I want one of those. Um, I don't know if I could want a forerunner. I want a forerunner that somebody's built for me, (laughs) an old one. Um, There's some really cool, like older Ford Rangers and uh, Hiluxes. I would love to have those. But the more and more I look at those Forester wildernesses and the Outback wildernesses and the cool stuff that Subaru keeps doing, I might just accidentally own a Subaru for the rest of my life because (laughs) they're super reliable. Um, I know that I won't be having a love-hate relationship. I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with my car and my wallet, but um, other than that, it's been super, super reliable, super amazing. I think I might, I might consider buying a Subaru next. Yeah, the uh, the more and more I see the wilderness editions, the more I like them. Especially, I like. I'm not crazy about the Outback. I think because it's so long and so big, and I like how the um, Crosstrek is like more compact. It's a smaller car and I like the design of it. I like the way that it looks overall, 
but seeing the Outback Wilderness, man, that thing is awesome. And then of any color, too. I haven't seen a color yet that I didn't like. That's the thing that I was saying to my friend who was looking at the Outback Wilderness is I'm like, yeah, no matter no matter what color you get that thing in, it's sleek. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty awesome. Um, so have you ever thought about your future and how it relates to owning your Forester and being a part of this community? And like, what would you most like to see in your life surrounding the Subaru community and your Forester? Um, so I'm really excited to continue to grow my relationship with the community, to continue to grow my account. I've got lots of big plans left for the Forester. That thing is going to be a never ending money pit. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I just want to continue to stay active in the community and continue to see where the build goes and um, continue to meet really cool people like uh, Roman Foz, I believe is his Instagram handle. I think he's based in Phoenix. He was doing a road trip and was able to come watch one of my lacrosse games. And I was like, this is super cool. That's awesome. I know it was such a fun experience. I saw his super cool Forester and he was like, wow, these bumpers are crazy. And I was like, oh, well, you know, your lift is beautiful, like blah, blah, blah. And I, I want more of those experiences. They're just really cool experiences. So um, yeah, that's that's my plan is just uh, keep, keep meeting people. Yeah. And what other mods do you have planned for the near future? So for the near future, my my pockets are crying already. But I'm looking into getting a four-inch flat-out suspension, throwing some bigger tires under that bad boy because uh, that's the only thing about those bumpers is they're really cool, but they're so beefy that they make the car look a little squatty with the lift it has. So I want to um, lift it for for athletics, but then also for comfort off-road because as you can imagine, a block lift off-road versus a long travel, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I need a long travel with what I'm doing to my car. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to help with everything. And then just more reliability, I think, too, and uh, more peace of mind hitting the trails and probably can get you a few more places, too. Yeah, um, luckily, because I've been so conscientious about weight for my car, the bumpers, they're aluminum. They actually only add about 95 pounds total front and back when you take out the crash bar and the plastic and everything, which is phenomenal. That's awesome. Only- yeah. So I've been just super paranoid about my CVT health and the geometry of my lifts. But um, with the skid plates, the bumpers, the tires, the roof rack, I've only added about 195, 200 pounds to the total build. So like a big guy sitting in the back. So, uh, you know, even though it's little weight compared to other Overland builds, I do want to get those four inch long travel suspension because it is going to cushion that weight even better. So I am just a tweaker about the weight of that car because that is, that is Subaru's weakness are those CVTs. Yeah, but that's really good things to keep in consideration to make sure that you're keeping the weight down. And the fact that you've only added you know, a decent sized guy's weight into, you know, the overall build. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And that is one of those things since I am, you know, starving college student that blows all my money on car parts. (laughs) I do religiously research mods before I buy them. And I contact multiple people who have had the mods. Oh, I don't even think I mentioned the engine mods. I 
have a Crawford air oil separator, Crawford billet blocks, and a um, AEM cold air intake. Uh, before I added those at all, I uh, reached out to people who had them, saw how long, how many miles they've had them for, made sure that they were safe for the car. And, uh, you know, those mods have been great. Um, they've actually, the AEM cold air intake has increased my fuel mileage because it's less uh, drag through the air filter. Yeah. That's cool. The thing that's been the worst for my mileage is the lift and anything that makes your car less aerodynamic. The bumpers, because they're so light, they didn't affect my mileage that bad. It was the lift. But uh, I, I do research everything in terms of mileage. What's it going to do to your mileage? Is it going to hurt the health of the car? Is it going to ruin your drivetrain? Because I don't got that much money to be blowing on repair. So I make sure that other people make the mistakes first. Never be the first person to do something. <laughs> no, that's really good. I mean, it's good that you take all of that into consideration and that it's that important to you and you do the research because I think, you know, I mean, there might be, and I don't want to like slam anybody for it, but there might be people that just go out there and kind of blindly get some mods and stuff without doing a lot of research. So, um, I mean, all those things that you mentioned as far as like taking in, you know, the consideration of the weight and everything, I mean, those are probably things that I wouldn't end up doing, but, uh, so that's, that's very smart. Yeah. I mean, um, the Subaru community compared to other off-road communities, they're a lot more gentle about telling you that you're an idiot. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when they tell you, hey, don't be stupid, don't jack up your CVTs, you listen. Um, my friend, Nevada XV, Jackson, unfortunately, his beautiful cross-trek just got totaled. I, I don't know if he's going to try to rebuild it or what. Oh, yeah. That God. sucks. It, it brought tears to my eyes when I heard that because that, that cross-trek is wild looking but um he has the i think it's the f4 um i believe is a company steel uh front and rear bumpers and those things are sleek and you can ram through anything with them they're super durable um but compared to aluminum like steel is really heavy and he had to install cvt coolers reinstall his joints his cvt joints several times um he's had overheating problems because weight is the biggest problem for overlanders i am so sorry my cat is screaming in the background (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay yeah it's uh it's it can be an issue um i haven't done a lot of research on stuff because I don't really get it. Like I said, I don't get a chance to get out that often. If I lived somewhere where I would be getting out to trails a lot more often, then I would probably do a lot more research and be looking into, you know, different, the way different mods affect a car and stuff. But I also have a manual, so I don't have to worry about the CVT. So I have in my car and a manual. Oh, I'd be on that so fast. Yeah, it's uh, I love driving a manual. Of course, it's slow, but I don't care. I just, I love my car so much. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, my car was a pretty good deal because when I had gotten it as a surprise for my parents, uh, surprise, (laughs) third car, (laughs) uh, it only had 4,000 miles on it. I believe that they had gotten it for $30,000. And now with the way that um, used cars have inflated it for, for so much, I can sell that thing for more than it was bought for with mileage. So... It's, it's been a fantastic investment. Um, that is another thing about Subarus is 
they do not lose your value. So you might as well buy one brand new because it's going to cost the same one as a, as a used one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got another special guest here too. Um, yeah, got a bandit. <laughs> so what would you say that I guess your favorite thing is about being part of the Subaru community? Um, my personal favorite thing is just being able to see what other mods that people do there is a lot of knowledge out there that is free for you. The Forrester forums and other Subaru forums are a fantastic tool, but nothing is as good as talking to somebody who has taken those first steps or has had a mod for several thousand miles. It is, it is a fantastic teacher. It's great. It's an encyclopedia for your car. And um, I don't know if other off-road communities offer information so willingly like the Subaru community does. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I think a lot of people who are new to the community find out and are, are surprised about, especially, you know, you've got somebody new who is able to make it out to like a car meetup or a trail run or something. And they're like, I don't know if I want to go because I don't have any mods, my car is stock. And people are like, no, we want you to come out. Please come out. You know, because then it's then it's like a wealth of information for that person to start learning a lot of stuff if they want to mod their car. Not everybody does, but at least they know that that information is available and that people are there to help them out and and that they're not going to have to feel like intimidated by everybody else just because they have a bunch of mods on their cars. Yeah, it is super unique. I feel like to the Subaru community, and that's another one of those things. You know. Software Nation started with uh, two Forester guys, and they are spreading that Subi love that, um, you know, respect all builds. Don't hold yourself to a high and mighty um, value compared to other people. Get off your high horse and make the community better. That that should be everybody's go-to thought when they're looking at other car builds. Yeah. Yep. I mean, because I see, I don't really see any built Subarus around here, but I do see a lot of like... Um, Toyotas and you know some Chevy trucks and and other off-road builds and I have a lot of respect for them because I see them and I'm like man that thing is awesome I see a lot of um, forerunners and Tacomas mostly but yeah I mean I just you know I, I almost want to like give them a wave just out of respect for their build but not knowing that you'll get that back yeah that is that is something that's really cool. Um, Reno, compared to like Las Vegas, they have a lot more Subarus in general and they have a lot more modded um, Subarus, which is super, super cool. They um, they all wave to you. And it's like, am I in a Jeep? What's going on here? They'll give you a Subi wave. And I'm like, ah, this is crazy. Um, it's super cool. It's super fun to feel like you're part of something bigger. Yeah, and I was actually driving somewhere the other day, and I pulled up next to an STI, and I decided to just give a Subi wave, and they waved back. I was like, nice, that's awesome. The the, the Zoomy cars, the Zoomy side of the Subarus, they're, they're a different breed. They're really cool people. I used to be part of a little Nevada, um, kind of like a WRX club, because uh, there wasn't a lot of overland Subaru clubs in the area. And um, they were always really nice. But that's one thing about Subaru that you can't say about a lot of other different car brands is there is a very heavily modded off-road side. And there's a very heavily modded um, Zoomy car side with the WRXs and the BRZs and everything. It's, it's super cool. It's super unique. Yeah. Yeah. 
I am definitely thankful to be a part of all of this. Me too. And thankful for that you came onto the podcast. Um, I know we've been talking for a while, so we finally we're able to make it happen. But uh, was there anything else that you wanted to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, I just really appreciate you uh, running this podcast and opening the opportunity for people to talk about their cars. Because what else, what else do people like to do other than talk for hours about their cars? Everybody loves it. So it's been a great outlet for the community. And I just got to thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, I saw people posting with Instagram, posting all their mods and places they like to go. And I was thinking that they're obviously passionate about their cars and would maybe they'd be interested in talking about it. So it's like another um, platform for people to come on and, you know, express themselves beyond just what you can do with Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. It's super cool. Uh, again, people love to talk about their cars. If you want to be friends with somebody and they've got any kind of modified car, just ask them about their cars and they're your buddy in two seconds. People love talking about their cars. Yep, definitely. So, well, thanks again for being a guest and, um, we will keep in touch and uh, hope you have a good evening. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, another episode down. Thanks for tuning in and checking out Audrey's story and checking out her build. If you're not doing so, go follow her on Instagram. It's hellhoundfoz. That's H-E-L-L dot H-O-U-N-D dot F-O-Z. Thanks again, Audrey, for taking the time to be on the Subi and You podcast. Hope everybody has a great week and look forward to seeing you on the news segment this Wednesday. Next Monday, big episode. That's all I'm going to say. So have a great week and we will talk to you later. Later.